0: Flyover Politics Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. First of all, we, uh, we support peaceful protest. Uh, we think it's important for Americans and people just across the country to make their voices heard, uh, just as long as it's peaceful. Uh, and we've been very clear about these anti-LGBTQ bills that we're seeing in state legislatures, legislatures across the country, in particular these anti-trans bills, uh, as they attack trans kids, as they attack trans parents. Uh, it, is, it is shameful.
1: And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It's the 31st of March, year of our Lord 2023. The wife wanted to watch TV and she says, why don't you go podcast? So here I am. We're going to cover pretty much loosely all the subjects that we're dealing with right now. I'm only going to cover Trump briefly because you're going to get all of that. That was disgusting. That's our press secretary. Once again, I just want everybody to remember, this is the Biden administration. They don't care that six people got killed because those aren't their voters. They're just not. And what's even sicker is that we all had hope that Musk was going to change Twitter, but we're seeing that they just are censoring more conservatives than liberals. It is out of control. I just want to have that up front, and I want to play this soundbite of somebody totally admitting that the Biden administration went out to censor people. I think it's important before we start going through what's happening with these shootings and Tennessee and Kentucky Capitol being stormed, set the table. This administration are the fascists.
2: White House staffers are some of the most powerful people on the planet Earth. Oftentimes they get the dispositive opinion on appointments to different positions within the federal government. They influence statements of administrative policy. They uh, initiate regulatory reform. They often have a significant voice on legislation that is considered and approved. And so, Mr. Sauer, I want to understand how many of these intensely powerful people who work in the Biden White House were involved in this effort that you've been investigating regarding the desire to shape discussions on social media?
3: At least 20 and very likely more.
2: And was there a ringleader of this group, someone who had pervasive and uh, repeated efforts to try to coerce social media companies to shape the truth according to the Biden White House?
3: Deputy assistant to the president, Rob Flaherty, and also Andy Slavitt. Who is Rob Flaherty? He is the, uh, I believe, the digital coordinator
2: for the White House. His his level is deputy assistant to the president. And what behaviors of Mr. Flaherty did you observe that you found troubling? We've
3: seen... Many, many pages of emails between Mr. Flaherty and social media platforms where he relentlessly badgers them to increase the censorship of ordinary Americans, free speech on social media. And he gets results. You see the platforms agreeing to censor things that are truthful, that do not violate their policies at the behest and at the pressure of the White House. Can you give an example of that? One great example of this is the Tucker Carlson video that was going viral in April of 2021, where Mr. Flaherty and other White House officials were emailing Facebook privately, demanding that it be censored. Facebook responded, this does not violate our policies. It has not been fact-checked. But nevertheless, we are substantially de-boosting it and limiting its distribution on our platforms, even though we haven't identified anything false in it. And even though it does not, they had a positive determination that it does not violate their policies.
2: And did you assess that Facebook took that action as a direct consequence of the badgering coming from Mr. Flaherty in the Biden White House? That is a compelling inference from the email traffic back and forth that we obtained in discovery. And, And did Mr. Flaherty ever request any reports from social media companies on specific censorship issues.
3: Very frequently. In fact, he was demanding that again and again. His his steady drumbeat was what he called borderline content, that the email traffic makes clear. Borderline is what they call often true content, things like personal anecdotes, uh, uh, opposition to vaccination expressed in terms of political opposition, things of that nature. That is what he wanted to target. And he was frequently asking for reports back. They were sending in biweekly crowd tangle reports to the White House. They did that through the close of our discovery period last August in 2022. So uh, uh, there was there was a, a, an overwhelming effort to get them to, to check their homework, if you will, to get them to report back on how much censorship are you doing is it going
2: to meet our standards as the White House? An overwhelming effort, badgering social media companies, demanding reports from those social media, uh, media companies directly to someone in the White House. And as my colleagues on, on the other side of the aisle remind us, not all speech is protected. Some speech is illegal. Did you see Mr. Flaherty constrain his concern to unlawful speech? Or did you often see this badgering and this demand rep- for reports from entirely lawful speech? Virtually everything. I can't remember a single instance of them going after unlawful speech. Almost virtually, all of it was after lawful speech?
3: Virtually everything that I can recall here was
2: lawful, First Amendment protected speech that was being. So we have social
1: media suppressing us, we have the administration suppressing us. We find out they release this fucking tripe. And this is days after a fucking crazed gunman killed a bunch of people. They release this kind of language. A wave of discriminatory state laws is targeting transgender youth, terrifying families, and hurting kids who are not hurting anyone. An epidemic of violence against transgender women and girls, in particular women and girls of color, has taken lives far too soon. Last year's Club Q shooting in Colorado was another painful example of this kind of violence, a stain on the conscience of our nation. Amber Biden sends out a statement accusing conservatives of targeting, terrifying, and hurting transgenders days after a trans shooter targeted a Christian school. That shooting and this shooting was lefties. Lefties. And we know that this is coming because Tucker and I and others covered it.
4: We noticed that parts of the transgender movement seem to be getting militant and possibly dangerous. We did a whole segment about it on Thursday night. That segment was sparred by an NPR segment we had heard and never expected to hear. NPR is always as a matter of editorial policy completely opposed the civilian ownership of firearms with the possible exception of maybe IRS agents. Yet here suddenly was that very same station, National Public Radio, positively urging trans people to buy guns, as many guns as possible. If necessary, to use them. The world is dangerous, explained one trans gun owner. You have to be dangerous back. And that seems strange to us. Is the United States really a dangerous place for trans people? Well, West Baltimore is dangerous. You could easily get murdered there. But if you're trans in this country, obviously there are many downsides, but there do appear to be some benefits. It's a lot easier to get into Harvard, for example. It's definitely easier to get a job at Citibank or in the Biden White House. If you're transgender can so much as fly a kite, the Pentagon will happily make you an F-35 pilot, just so Hollywood can make a movie about it. Identifying as trans, whatever, again, its downsides does convey status in this country, which is why so many young people now do. Not a lot of 19-year-olds are pretending to be car mechanics or linemen for a regional power company in eastern Ohio, but plenty of college freshmen do pretend to be members of the opposite sex. And why wouldn't they? The people in charge despise working-class whites, but they venerate the trans community. People are just responding to incentives. It's rational in a way. But that does not explain the anger that we heard in that NPR segment. Why are some trans people so angry, and why do they seem to be mad specifically at traditional Christians? We can't think of any trans person who's ever been murdered by a pastor. As far as we know, that has never happened. So it's not an actual threat of violence from Christians that's inspiring some trans people to buy AR-15s. No, it's it's got to be more fundamental than that, and it is. The trans movement is the mirror image of Christianity and therefore it's natural enemy. In Christianity, the price of admission is admitting that you're not God. Christians openly concede that they have no real power over anything and for that matter very little personal virtue. They will tell you to your face that they are sinful. And helpless and basically absurd. They're not embarrassed about any of this, they brag about it. That saved a wretch like me, goes the most famous Christian hymn ever written in English. The trans movement takes the opposite view. Trans ideology claims dominion over nature itself. We can change the identity we were born with, they will tell you with wild eyed certainty. Christians can never agree with this statement because these are powers they believe God alone possesses. That unwillingness to agree, that failure to acknowledge a trans person's dominion over nature, incites and enrages some in the trans community. People who believe they're God can't stand to be reminded that they're not. So, Christianity and transgender orthodoxy are wholly incompatible theologies, they can never be reconciled. They are on a collision course with each other. One side is likely to draw blood before the other side. That's what we concluded last week. Yesterday morning, tragically, our fears were confirmed. A self-identified trans person called Audrey Hale committed mass murder at a Christian school in Nashville. Hale burst into a place called the Convent School and executed three nine-year-olds as well as three adults. Police have released body cam footage from the end of the massacre. We're showing you just a small part of it. You can see the rest online if you want. We're not going to show it because that's too awful and sad. But what was almost as sickening to see in a far more subtle and insidious way was the media coverage of yesterday's tragedy. Here's Terry Moran of ABC News, for example, suggesting that Christians were murdered in Tennessee because they infringed on the rights of transgendered people. Watch.
1: Audrey Hill was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, the state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that
5: state.
4: The state of Tennessee bans the sexual mutilation of children... CHILDREN GET SHOT TO DEATH IN A SCHOOL. IT'S CAUSE AND EFFECT. THAT'S WHAT ABC NEWS IS TELLING YOU. THAT'S NOT FAR FROM JUSTIFYING MASS MURDER. BUT OTHERS TOOK THE NEXT STEP. A GROUP CALLED THE TRANS RESISTANCE NETWORK SAID THAT THE SHOOTER'S DEATH WAS A COMPLEX TRAGEDY THAT RESULTED FROM QUOTE ANTI-TRANS BIAS. THE HERSHEY CHOCOLATE COMPANY'S NEW TRANS SPOKESMAN MEANWHILE, SOMEONE CALLED FAYE JOHNSTONE, Posted messages after the shooting complaining about, quote, trans misogyny. In Canada, a taxpayer funded trans rights organization put out a statement that ignored the murder of the children in Nashville entirely and instead claimed that there has been a, quote, exponential rise in anti trans violence. That is a lie. It's a provable lie. And in fact, the opposite is true. We seem to be watching the rise of trans terrorism. The man who tried to murder Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh after the repeal of Roe v. Wade, identified as a quote, trans gamer girl. The man who shot up a nightclub in Colorado in this past November and murdered five people, identified as non binary. And now this. And there could be more. Antifa has announced this coming Saturday is the quote, trans day of vengeance. Vengeance for what? That's not explained. But the suggestion is there will be violence in Washington this weekend. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted about this today because if there's a day of vengeance coming, the rest of us should probably know about it. And for doing so, immediately had her her official congressional Twitter account suspended.
1: We knew this is all coming. They, They had it on Twitter. So first we have Kentucky State House. This is new footage. then yesterday, I wish I could download the soundbite, I'm still, I'm going to try to look for it as this is playing, because I got it live yesterday where a Democrat was saying this is democracy and we love you and blah, 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 as once again, trans activists stormed a state house, which is supposed to be insurrection. insurrection and it's brought on by this fucked up shirt whoopie's doing i'm taping parts of uh, the view simultaneously because it's live here is that sound bite i was talking about it took me forever to download and it's a horrible quality but here's a representative egging on insurrection how would be said if she was a conservative reminds me of the podcast on inauguration in 2016 where i was doing six things at once um so that is okay because it's democrats we don't have any problem you know once again every republican who uh voted to have recounts is an insurrectionist they tried to get them off ballots but yeah, it's okay to egg on an insurrection, and the and the White House is fine. Here's a press secretary. It is awesome. It's once again, when you storm capitals for lefty reasons, it's democracy.
6: And Kentucky, uh, the Kentucky legislature overrode the governor's um, veto of um, a bill. Um, that restricts aspects of trans youth uh, uh, gender-affirming uh, care um, and uh, the use of bathrooms. Um, I know that the White House released a proclamation for Trans mm-hmm. Day of Visibility. Um, there is a, a march happening t- uh, tomorrow uh, to commemorate this day, but also to, pro- to protest these type of bills that are continuing to be passed and advanced uh, in legislatures across the country. What is the White House's message to these lawmakers who are passing these bills and to those who are taking to the streets to protest them?
0: So look, um, first of all, we uh, we support peaceful protest. Uh, we think it's important for Americans and people just across the country to make their voices heard, uh, just as long as it's peaceful. Uh, and we've been very clear about these anti-LGBTQ bills that we're seeing in state legislatures, le- legislatures across the country, in particular these anti-trans bills, uh, as they attack trans kids, as they attack trans parents. Uh, it is It is shameful, and it is unacceptable. Uh, As you mentioned, tomorrow's Trans Visibility Day, on a day that we should be lifting up our trans kids, our trans youth, and making sure that they feel seen, we're seeing more and more of these hateful, hateful bills. And uh, that's what Republicans want to spend their time on. They don't want to talk about lowering costs. They don't want to talk about actually making Americans' lives better. They want to take away people's freedoms. And one of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that People don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful. It is disturbing. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the the trans community as they are under attack right now. But this is a president who has said many times before he has their backs. He will continue to have their backs. uh, And he will continue to fight for them. And his record shows that.
1: Understand I had to download that from eight different sources to get it to go because when it was downloaded, it would speed up <laughs> And I got I captured some of the view but it's completely uh, visual no visibility on it. It's it's uh, They block you from doing that So some reactions to all of this um, of course, you know there, there's that that nobody covers proclamation for uh, day. I, I guess I'm going to cover a couple first that I didn't grab. Whether this is deemed good, bad, it's wholly dependent on political aims of participant. We don't know if there was connection for motive of shooter to any legislation. If so, it's an abhorrent reaction to legislation. Absolute balls to declare themselves wronged. That is uh, Mary Catherine Hamm. Um, you know, we, we have Storming of Capitals. Jacob Chansley was released yesterday. Not surprising. I found the picture of that dude on Human Events um, and their title, Man in Devil's Horn Face Paints Leads Mob to Support Medical Mutilation of Children, which I thought was pretty spot on because that's what it is. Axios, Arkansas anti-trans legislation. That's how it's deemed everywhere. Um the BMG Gender Dysphoria in Young People is Rising as so is professional disagreement. Those actual articles people are starting to say what the fuck, but you know we don't we don't cover it. Um his I don't know if I Got it or not, which is why, yeah, this is the slide we're on. I'm just being stupid today. Let me see if I can read it. Trans Day of Visibility celebrates the joy, strength, and absolute courage of some of the bravest people I know, people who have too often had to put their jobs, relationships, and lives on the line just to be their true selves. Today, we show millions of transgender and non binary Americans that we see them, they belong, and they should be treated with dignity and respect. Their courage has given countless others strength, but no one should have to be brave just by themselves. Erica, every American deserves freedom. How about Christians that are attacked and blamed for COVID? You shut down churches, you didn't shut down Drake Story Hours seems like with, with democratic administrations it is more visible to me and i'm saying this totally objective from obama to now um it is amazingly obvious that they will punish everybody who doesn't think like them they just punish them and i yeah. This, this is just un- un- fucking believable after a murder. Transgender Americans shape our nation's soul, proudly serving in the military, carrying deadly diseases, holding elected office, running thriving businesses, fighting for justice, raising families, and much, much more. Proof. Can I see some proof on that? You're just saying that. There's no definitive proof that these people have done anything other than cancel everybody's right to free speech, gotten them to lose their jobs, Lose social media f- status. I mean, for fuck's sake. As kids, they deserve what every child deserves: the chance to learn in safe and supportive schools and develop meaningful friendships and to live openly and honestly. They type that after a transgender person killed kids in a school. As adults, they deserve some rights joined by every American, including equal access to healthcare, housing, and jobs, a chance to age with grace, and as senior citizens. I'm still asking for. Examples of trans senior citizens. A uh, wave of discriminatory state laws is targeting transgender youth, terrifying families, and hurting kids who are not hurting anyone. An epidemic of violence against transgender women and girls, as particular women and girls of color. Where? Where? Proof. Proof. This is WAPO. The data is clear. There is no clear epidemic of trans mass shooters. There's been four shootings. The the last four shootings were non-binary people shooting gay people. The reporter who came in and started this coverage literally went with this was a peaceful protest i was there pushing but peaceful emotions were high she locked everybody out because people are like what the fuck are you saying this is uh wapo The right exploits Nashville shooting to escalate anti-trans rhetoric. They're just saying it, but th- this is not new. I put this in here on purpose. Do we remember this when they mocked the concept that Antifa was rat-fucking Portland, and then? Because I got sound bites, but I. I this is the hill most new polls oppose laws restricting and in this it it isn't actually saying kids the poll is just saying to transgender people that's that's what they're saying So we can read it together. Released Wednesday show 58% of respondents said they oppose laws restricting the performances, while 39% said they support them. Democrats are the most likely to oppose oppose such laws, with almost three-quarters of them saying they are opposed, but 57% of the independents and 37% of the Republicans all said they do not support them. The actual questions and inlays on this survey were drag performances, not drag story hour that's totally different NBC has done no less than a dozen and this is one underscore details about the national shooter's gender identity so confusion and disinformation the gender identity of suspect in Weeks' Nashville school shooting has become one of the central storylines in a horrific tragedy that left six people dead, including three nine year olds. Just hours after the shooting at Covenant School, authorities disclosed that they believe the suspect, Audrey Hale, who was fatally shot by police, was transgender. Fatally shot by police. You see how he words it? Like, that's a bad thing. Because he's gay. So it is. He's gay. You can't shoot one of his. Some on the far right rushed to blame the shooting on the suspect's gender identity, while some on the left pointed to an already combustible political environment in which transgender people have become frequently targeted of right-wing lawmakers. More than Nashville shooting, they, and they link them. Everything we know, victims of the massacre, Nashville shooters under care for emotional disorder, fear pervades. Some on the right blame gender identity. Hours after saying on Monday that Hale was transgender, National Police Check. Okay, there. Drake did not say. Blah, 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 okay, here we go. A Washington Post Kaiser Family Foundation poll least this month found that more than one in ten or twelve percent of trans or gender non-confirming people reported that they haven't told anyone they are trans. And not all people who are trans identify as a trans man or woman. Some may identify as non-binary, meaning they identify as neither male or female. No shit, we got that by now. In response to a question Monday, Hale was a transgender man. Drake said, woman. Though if Hale were transgender, that wouldn't be accurate. Here we are. It's, we're misgendering. We're dead naming her. Um, late in life, it's unclear if Hale as a female. Hale's LinkedIn account, which since has been removed by LinkedIn, said he him. Hale's website, which has since been taken down, linked to an Instagram account where Hale used to name Aiden. Samara Hardcastle, who attended high school with Hale, said that people just assumed that she was gay after high school. Hardcastle didn't talk to Hale, but did follow Hale on social media. She didn't come out saying that she was transgender or that she identified as a male. She added that Hale began using different name on social media in the last year, or two maybe. In response to requests from NBC News regarding how police know Hale is transgender, among other questions, Nashville officials said their leadership will use the most available information when identifying a person because they're not mad that she went and killed people and they're not even caring about that. They're just caught up in this LGBT EIEIO, plus 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 cosine of seven ampersand, I'm doing a Shapiro, but yeah, that's what they care about. One reason could be shooting were perpetrated by trans people and cisgender, non-jan, transgender women are considered by experts to be extremely rare. The Violence Project, a non-partisan bullshit, tracks mass shooting, recently found that 98% of mass shootings from 1996 to the past January were men. Another reason for the focus on gender identity would be the current political and cultural environment. State lawmakers are following more than 400 bills and they're evil, evil people. The disinformation ecosystem. I'm Ira Jones, the creator of the podcast, The Anti-Trans Hate Machine, the second season of which focused largely on how the Christian nationalist movement spread disinformation. There you go. Christian nationalists. About Transgender people said a recent legislative focus on trans people combined with the lack of information about hell's identity has created a breeding ground of speed of false information. What I do know is there's a ready-made disinformation ecosystem that is ready to amplify. Jones said, those who support legislation that restrict trans rights will use the speculation and disinformation about how it's gender to further the political and policy violence against our community, which is what the disinformation is designed to do in the first place. So let's... I'm going to play the media, and I'm going to find a bite off this biased hunk of dog shit podcast, and we're going to listen. But here is all the... Uh, ABC ignores leftist storming capital. CBS and NBC cheer them doing it. Uh, NBC hype former producer turning against Fox News during it. Uh, that doesn't belong there. It's getting dumped. I don't know how I put that there. So uh, we got two sound bites. Let's listen to them.
5: Outside Tennessee's State Capitol building, the second stage of grief, anger. Thousands of protesters demanding new laws to limit the state's easy access to guns.
7: It's the worst feeling to know that I send my children somewhere every day where they are a target.
5: Outrage bubbled over after the deadliest school shooting in state history three children and three staff members dead.
8: We have to put something in action more laws in place
5: Inside the packed Rotunda, outnumbered troopers worked to control the crowd of teachers, students, and gun control advocates. They demanded state lawmakers hear them out. You hear the voice of God's children saying, "Help us, save us. Our lives matter." In Washington D.C. Wednesday, a Democratic congressman confronted a Republican member about GOP opposition to more gun restrictions.
2: I'm More guns far
3: far to far. To
5: more the grieving behind me moves into a new phase tomorrow with the first funeral for one of the three school children killed in the attack. And remember, all those children were just nine years old.
8: First Lady Jill Biden honors the victims of the massacre in Nashville amid passionate pleas on Capitol Hill for changes to gun laws. i to what I'm saying. I
5: love that children are dying.
8: Despite more than 130 mass shootings this year, any change to our gun laws is still a tough sell on Capitol Hill. Yesterday, that led to multiple confrontations between Democrats who are urging action and Republicans who are not. New York Democrat Jamal Bowman and Kentucky Republican Thomas Massey clashed outside the House chamber.
9: They're freaking cowards They're gunless.
1: They're not here.
4: More
8: you to that? President Biden continues to push for reinstatement of the assault weapons ban that Congress let expire back in 2004. But with Republicans in control of the House, that's looking very unlikely.
10: All of it as a growing call for change now stretches from Nashville to Washington, where a renewed push for gun control legislation led to this heated exchange.
2: They will do anything to save the lives of our children. One that allows teachers
3: to care. Oh, my God. we think more guns we
2: support
10: That Just one example of the heated divide happening on Capitol Hill as House Democrats are calling for a new assault weapons ban with little to no support from Republicans who control that chamber. And here in Nashville, parents and kids will rally at the state capitol later today for tough...
1: I just went down a used rabbit hole while we were playing that. Um, Wow. I've downloaded the podcast and got bits of it. Uh, And I was gonna go into Woke now, but before I go into Woke, I'm going to play um, a season premiere slide an episode that's actually called um because i downloaded it on my um phone first because i never heard of it but we've seen this person um here are the episodes uh conversion therapy The disinformation blueprint. See, this person got in with the disinformation, misinformation crowd. D-transition pseudoscience, misleading examples of anti-trans. And nine hours ago, seduction of rapid onset gender dysphoria. Um, Well, this is... um, This blew my fucking mind. So... Here it goes. It's going to be audio. Man. They they this is a big 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 movement. It's bigger than I thought it was.
11: I was afraid, and they call it transphobia for a reason.
4: In the last decade, there has been a huge spike in transgender identification among teenage girls.
11: You know, woke activists have taken the position that we are never allowed to question anyone's transition.
12: They're grooming seven-year-olds. Every day, the attacks on trans kids grow louder and more anti-trans bills keep moving through state
13: legislatures. How did all of
12: this become normal?
13: Trans kids aren't new, and they aren't going anywhere. If you think this is concerning, then you've likely fallen victim to the actual trend sweeping across America and pervading this room today, an epidemic of panic and misinformation.
12: I'm Amara Jones. In this season of the anti-trans hate machine, we're going to illuminate how the right wing has fueled these bills by generating a breathtaking and wide-ranging disinformation campaign. Christian nationalists are manufacturing pseudoscientific theories and using the entire anti-trans hate machine to pipe them out into the mainstream. The goal is to create a rationale for these bills They're so good at all of this because they've been at it since the 1970s, when they honed their tactics in the push for conversion therapy.
5: The truth of the matter is there are tens of thousands of people who have come out of homosexuality.
12: Because conversion therapy never really went away.
7: Without fail, they would deprive us of sleep to the point where they could feed us whatever they wanted to feed us about ourselves. And we were so scared that even if we did have the wherewithal to push back, none of us would.
12: I will show you how this updated anti-trans pseudoscience is catching on, ultimately being laundered by some of the most powerful newsrooms in the world.
6: It's spreading like wildfire on the internet. It's then being discussed by
13: families and churches and parents and at school board meetings.
12: It's just this megaphone. None of this is an accident. It's a strategy to delegitimize trans people.
7: I was just a shell of who I I had previously been. I, I lost the fire inside me.
12: And create a world where existence is a question and they don't care who they hurt in the process.
11: This militant language made me believe that if I take her to a gender clinic, that they might make her trans.
6: A trans person under the right conditions, especially if they're in a vulnerable space, like, can come to believe that their transition was this like horrible, horrible, damaging thing.
12: Opportunistic journalists are exploiting this pain, Pushing disinformation from the fringe of the far right into everyday media.
2: You know, and, and I cannot say the last three years since this article came out have been bad for me professionally. It's been the opposite. I've been very fortunate. Subscribe
12: to season two of The Anti-Trans Hate Machine, a plot against equality, wherever you listen to podcasts.
6: I mean, Imara, I wish it wasn't true. I wish I weren't here talking about this,
7: I wish it hadn't happened.
6: Moving beyond the gender binary is not about erasing your right to be a man or a woman. Rather, it's about saying that man and woman are two of infinite options.
13: If you just see another trans person doing something that you didn't know was possible for you, it unlocks potential for you. And it really does make a big difference for trans people to be in the room when these policies are being discussed. You know,
6: one of the things that I think that
13: folks don't recognize about trans folks is that we have a true asset, having lived multiple lived experiences. Mm -hmm.
12: We all have this assumption that we know what a trans person would look like, but honestly, we don't. I don't look like you, you don't look like me, and I obviously don't look like any other trans person.
8: There are times when, when you're too trans and times when you're not trans enough. Um, but mm. for me personally, I'll just say that I don't run away from the fact that I'm trans.
6: I'm just always thinking about community
8: when, um, especially when when there's a, um, a, a systemic shift of some sort because, you know, our community is the last to be um, sought out for until the to, to, to last to be looked after
10: my favorite quote from Marcia is, you know i might be crazy but that don't make me wrong and i think <laughs> the world that's consistently telling black trans people that we're wrong about everything that we're wrong for wanting more for ourselves that we're wrong for wanting more for our communities that is a relatable thing that we wish we had the freedom to just exist in like Marsha did
12: so as far as my trans community or anyone who pulls under the umbrella of trans i want them to feel hope i want them to feel purpose i want them to feel royal and in being invited into that moment heads up to listeners this episode contains potentially uncomfortable references to psychological harm and also the sexualization of children please do what you need to do to take care of yourself and anyone else this thing.
6: A trans person under the right conditions, especially if they're in a vulnerable space, like can come to believe that their transition was this like horrible, horrible, damaging thing and feel like they have to like go out and share their story and stop other people from doing it. And now I look back and was like, I, that wasn't true. Like, my transition did not ruin my life. It didn't hurt me, but believing that caused me immense suffering. And I regret, like, you know, going out there and, you know, spreading what I now see as like misinformation about, um, you know, transition and promoting what I now see as conversion practices. You know, I was calling it alternative treatments for gender dysphoria, but now I'm like, no, that was just like anti trans conversion practices.
12: I'm Amara Jones, and this is the anti-trans hate machine, a plot against equality. In our last episode, we learned how the gears of this machine kept conversion therapy going in the United States, allowing a practice which should have died out to endure and thrive conversion therapy persisted because it was essential to deny lgbtq plus people their rights if this was not real because it could be cured then there is no need for legal acceptance and protections and even though the legalization of gay marriage eventually undermines their case Christian nationalist leaders saw how effective conversion therapy had been in spreading misinformation, drawing out that argument for decades. So they decided to take the conversion therapy template and apply it to trans people specifically, using pseudoscience and individual stories to make their argument. Right now, with hundreds of pieces of anti-trans legislation, we're actually seeing the impact of all this methodical
1: work. They're pissed. You you see the anger. It's um pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. But I'm gonna keep up on that. I'll do more reports. I had a I had a little load Android subsystem on my fucking computer and, and do all sorts of shit just to get those damn files. But um the last one I just could not I can't find where it's going. I need my nephew probably to help. I mean I can do all this uh, splitting and splicing and converting i got all that down but this the subsystems of finding podcasts on the machine i could not find the run them then, but uh here here's just some examples before we go into some more rogue. this is what the media was saying tensions high Transurrection, activist storm Tennessee Capitol. That's actually what it was, but we weren't gonna see that. A bunch of articles. Um, Trans visibility is more important than ever. It is crucially important to encourage trans storytellers to be visible and tell our stories precisely because of the pervasive anti-trans propaganda that is corroding U.S. politics right now. Growing up in Ecuador, Sexist, racist, homophobic, la-di-da-di-da. Let's, I always like reading the the ends of these uh, diatribes. My ultimate hope is not just for audiences to react to my films, but to engage with them on a deep emotional level. I want viewers to experience a full gaunt of human emotions. Stronger mixed reactions to film could serve as a diagnostic tool, a way to get an underlying reason for viewers' discomfort. I lack the capacity to work on more than one project at a time, like many producers. I do make a living from making films. Sundance supports my filmmaking." Um, let's see. Well, when I play this, I'll see if I can find one of his shows. Can um, you okay, see someone like myself? was Hillary Swank's portrayal Brandon, Brandon and Boiler. But, okay, I'm going to find this. We're going to see a new reparation. It's more than 40 acres and a mule. Um, you cannot chase people. My bro sent it. I think I played it in the last one. I'm playing it again in D.C. where they're just ramming people. Charlotte Climber. A very, uh, very, very Type A trans. God made me in her image. A lefty losing their shit about guns, and a lefty losing their shit about J.K. Rowling, and then a woke soundbite that I have not listened to, but I will. Um, And then a crowd pretty much going batshit on uh, the girl that got, you know, lost her fucking. World Championships because of the dude with dos Dick.
14: I believe that 5 million in reparations is too little for the work that foundational black Americans have done for this country and as well for other countries. I believe that 7.6 million is a number that can be used very wisely in our foundational black American communities. 40 acres is also still a good idea. And instead of a mule, we would like a tractor. I also believe that we should know the name of all the companies that participated in the slave trade so we, foundational black Americans, can start up our own companies. We should also be allowed to have a choice to learn our mother language other than Spanish or French in our educational classes. We have the Tut language that was started right here in America. During slavery, we have Swahili, Yoruba, Igbo, Zulu, and Hausa. Community colleges and universities should not raise their tuition prices for the next future generations of... Each foundational Black American family, and we should be able to change our names to our mother, land names totally for free. All types of real estate should not go up in price, but it is our land that was supposed to be for us, but as we all know, it was never given. I oh people
0: going, "Oh my God!" Oh my God. Oh my God! Oh my God.
13: What's happening? Oh my god! I think children are only unsafe at drag shows when a shooter shows up to kill them. That's right. That's where the threat is. I would challenge anyone just to get to know trans people. We are a vibrant, diverse community as diverse as anyone else. You know, I'm from the great state of Texas. I served in the military. I go to church every Sunday. My faith is very important to me. But God made me in her image. God made me transgender. And to see these people so cynically weaponize this and exploit these children's debts and their teachers' debts it breaks my heart. I wonder what those families are thinking right now.
10: What do you, what do you meet, feel when you have somebody like Michael Knowles say at CPAC, we need to eradicate transgenderism, and when somebody like Tucker Carlson says that transgender people are at war with Christians?
13: I can't see Christ in their words. That's for damn sure. I can't see where the biblical principles of loving your neighbor and walking the walk with Christ that they can see. I, I can't see what they're seeing right now because that's not of Christ. It's not.
10: Yeah. What is
13: the matter with you people? Why are you so obsessed with automatic, semi-automatic weapons? You don't need them to hunt. You don't need them to protect your home from a burglar. Why are you daydreaming about mass killing? You are mass murdering our children. And people like J.K. Rowling need to fucking stop because my people are dying because of her. She is killing us. Oh but there's one more good thing about this book. J.K. Rowling fucking dies. Yeah, Gretchen had the nerve to kill off the queen of the turfs, and it is glorious. I only wish that scene could have been even more brutal.
7: I kind of forget, but I actually have a question for you.
0: You being an anthropologist, which anthropology is the study of human civilization, human, so if you were to dig up a human, two humans in a hundred years from now, both man and woman, could you tell the difference? Strictly off of bones.
2: No. Because there's a wiring of the <laughs> <skulls>, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. Have. I'm not sure why I'm being laughed at it if I'm the expert in the room. Have any of you been to archaeological sites? Have any of you studied biological anthropology? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, i saying. I've got over 150 years of data. I'm just, I'm just curious as to why I'm being laughed at. When I, I,
7: I, just, I, I, actually, I believe it or not, I have put a lot of research into this because I, I I'm not. I'm not comparing myself to you. I'm not comparing myself to you. I'm just telling.
1: Well, I looked up this guy and it was porno, so I'm not putting it on my slides or on my, on my podcast. It was just inappropriate. So the media, of course, are going to do their gun thing. So we're getting a lot of gun. Um, we'll get to brag in a few seconds. Um because it's 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 got some read sound bites, but to finish this out, um Trans Day of Vengeance. this is the only thing that came up for it. Um, and this is a local paper for the National Death. Critics are questioning transgender activist group with Trans Day of Vengeance which is expected to go on and plan despite coming just days of a trans person walked into Tennessee's Christian school, killed six people. Despite pushback, including Twitter removal, social media posts promoting the event, it appears that Trans Day Avengers event still slated for in front of the Supreme Court, and it's okie-dokie with us. The funniest thing is the media, once again, didn't fucking care About Christians. They cared about offending 1.6 million people because they're on their team. So they barred saying transgender on CBS. You couldn't say transgender. And, um, you know, that just doesn't fucking surprise me because. That's what they care about. That's their people. They have been pushing this crazy shit down our throats since I started podcasting in 2016. So we have uh, MSDNC, two of them. Absurd, MSNBC claims hundreds of thousands killed in school shootings. NBC, gun violence part of white culture.
2: Block out reason. You know, Victoria, a new piece in the Washington Post highlights that 348,000 students in this country have experienced gun violence at school since Columbine. 348,000. Think about that. What do you think the impact of that is going to be on us all? The
11: impact of the loss of life, of the loss of a child, of the loss of grandchildren. That loss is immeasurable. But the flip side of that, and, and and it pains me to say this, is that it desensitizes the public. We're talking in the hundreds of thousands of lives lost because of gun violence, and gun violence specifically in schools. And that is part of the challenge that we're confronting, that within the culture war, within that lack of civil discourse that we have, let's add on top of that the fact that It's just become commonplace. Another day, another school shooting. So while it can push us for more gun reform, at the same time, we have to actively fight against the impulse to just zone it out because it's become so common.
5: When you say the word gun violence, one of the things that always strikes me here, and you see it here, is if you say the word crime, Republicans, there's no, there's nothing that's too much to go after crime in the big cities. Crime. Crime is the enemy, throw it. If you say gun violence, which is probably the most deadly subset of crime, all of a sudden it's like, well, what are you gonna do? It's just, (laughs) whatever the word is, that just changes everything. Yeah, Chris, this is gonna be hard, but uh, for Republicans, crime is something that's committed by black Americans. Yes, right. Gun ownership and gun violence is something that is part of the culture of young white men, and so Republicans protect it.
1: So, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but the shaman gets released the day after devil horn storms Kentucky State House, and days after a trans shooter kills six Christians. And the media, we've covered in depth for three podcasts, just struggling with that. And then Trump is indicted on charges that are misdemeanors. So before I get into the media reaction, I'm going to play Molly Hemingway, a short brief of Tucker Carlson, and two minutes of Jason Whitlock, which I'm putting it on. Once again, I'm not a mega person as I said a couple podcasts ago if he got put in jail and went away I would not fucking care Um, but the Whitlock soundbite just listen to these three I I don't think I think I'm going to end up being like most non-progs it isn't about Trump it's the precedence it is bending the law to get what you want an opposing candidate out. And if you stack it up with Flynn going to jail, wiretapping, the lie about Russia, man, if they can do this in every election, once again, it, it won't matter if it's Trump, it'll just be any GOP person.
11: Well, it's a very dark day. One of the things that we cared about in this country for a very long time was to be a nation ruled by law and not by men. This ushers in what will probably be a very dark era of political persecution and prosecution, the type that we normally associate with the Soviet Union or with banana republics. You know, during the Stalin era, it was common to say, "Show me the man, and I'll find you the crime." It didn't matter, you know, whether someone had broken any law; they would figure out a way to charge and, and convict them of that for political opponents. And you see this all the time in third-world countries where political opponents who are deemed a threat to the current regime are charged with crimes. This is not good for this country. It is very sad. You know, in Washington and D.C., these are towns consumed, really obsessed with hatred for President Trump and the movement that he ushered in. Many Americans of of all sorts of different political persuasions love this country. We want to be ruled by law. We don't want to see this type of political um, prosecution. And it is, you know, it is election interference and it is something that is, you know. People who care about the country need to, need to uh, stand up and make sure that they let it be known that they do not support this type of political prosecution.
4: Not considered a crime. And of course, George W. Bush knows that well, which is why he doesn't seem worried at all. Criticizing the ruling class, that's what they indict you for. But either way, Donald Trump's former job as president of the United States is not really the point here. Yes, of course, you can indict former presidents if they've done something wrong. That's not what this is about. The headline here is that there is, as noted, a presidential race in progress right now. And if you check the polls, you will find that Trump is leading the Republican field. That's the unprecedented thing, taking out your opponent using the justice system. If the Democratic Party is allowed to do this, allowed to crush the presidential front runner, the main threat to their power, with a bogus criminal case, where does that leave us? We're done. Because that precedent will live forever and voters will never again determine the outcome of a presidential election. It's remarkable when you think about it. So after all the yelling from permanent Washington about January 6th and how it was a threat to our democratic norms and the peaceful transfer of power, they've decided to completely short circuit our democratic norms, not to mention the peaceful transfer of power, using the courts and prosecutors. What happens if they get away with this? No one seems to be thinking this through. Everyone's all spun up. But what happens if they get away with this? If they use the Justice Department, in full view of everyone, to settle a political score and to keep the White House, just to take a guy out of the race who seems to be doing fairly well? we'll destroy the justice system. And that's not a small thing. A functioning justice system has kept this country peaceful for hundreds of years. The purpose of a justice system is to administer justice so that citizens don't have to do it themselves. You outsource that duty to the government. But what happens when you take that away? When there is no justice system? What happens when the Department of Justice decides that its goal is not justice, but protecting the ruling class at all costs? Think about that. People are still going to demand justice. The desire for justice is an inherent human desire. We are born with it. But if there's no neutral place to do it, some people will decide they're going to have to do it themselves. Ooh. Now, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but we can say for certain it's going to be really ugly. So they hate Donald Trump. Fine. But they don't get to destroy America's justice system because they do. We would never recover from that. Robert Costello was legal advisor to
9: former Trump attorney Michael Cohen, who made the payment to Stormy Dane. Tucker, I don't say this with pride. I, I really don't. I, I'm just being factual. I've never voted. I, and so I'm not saying that with pride. I'm hardcore MAGA tonight. I am I'm I will be voting. I am hardcore MAGA. I've never voted. I, I did. You know, I observed Trump. I'm somewhat yeah. supportive of Trump, but they have made me MAGA, and they have made me ready for whatever is next, because what they are building for young people? I can't. I can't sit by and just let it happen without raising my voice and without willing, being willing to sacrifice whatever so that kids don't live in a communist, Marxist society. These people that think the government is going to take care of them don't understand history. That they've never studied history. They don't understand how tyrannical a government is. <laughs> what, what's if they have their way? I, 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 if they have their way, we're all catching hell, except for the elites. And yes, I have a very good bank account and perhaps I'm an elite, but my heart is working class. My parents were factory workers. I came from nothing in this country. I'm black. They're telling everybody, black here, oh, you can't come from nothing and make it in this country. That's bullshit. This country is the greatest country in the history of the planet. It's the safest, most prosperous place for black people and all people. That's why people are beating down the doors to get here. And they've demonized the whole thing. And they've turned Trump into this devilish, Luciferian character when they are the devils. They're the ones that don't believe in God.
4: Jason Whitlock. I agree. Thank you
1: very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well then there's the people that cover the people. So take a political girl down to four minutes and Kat Abu covering Fox, covering Trump.
7: If you don't watch Fox News, here are five highlights from last night's complete meltdown over the Trump indictment. There were times last night when I genuinely thought people were going to cry. I'm not exaggerating. If you had zero context, you would have thought somebody died.
5: Give the president some money to fight this bullshit. Looking
1: a little emotional. I feel the same way. My heart is broken. I had some tears in my eyes.
7: Some hosts tried to spin the indictment into a good thing. Watch Pete Hegseth really overestimate Donald Trump's cool factor.
2: If there's a mugshot of Donald Trump, It'll be in dorm
7: rooms and on T-shirts. And it gets dumber. Here's Greg Gutfeld saying that now Donald Trump has street cred.
2: He is an OG, right? If they give me, I mean, he is a badass if he's got a mugshot.
7: I honestly can't wait for this mugshot to come out because Fox hosts are going to have to pretend that he's the handsomest man they've ever seen. It's going to be really fun. Tucker brought Glenn Beck on to talk about the indictment, and Beck immediately went off the rails.
4: The Bill of Rights is gone. By 2025, we are going to be at war, we'll have a currency collapse, and we will live in a virtual police state.
7: Honestly, I just don't think America is efficient enough to get that much done in two years. Denmark, maybe, but not America. To no one's surprise, the law and order crowd suddenly didn't like law and order. And according to them, grand juries are now Stalin.
11: Stalinization of the American criminal justice system. The type that we normally associate with the Soviet Union. It's like Stalin's purges.
7: But while we all love to make fun of these people, there was a ton of dangerous rhetoric last night.
11: It almost feels like
4: they're pushing the population to react. Basically, it's one party hunting another.
7: It is
5: a war on conservatism and MAGA. They want you to strike out.
7: Donald Trump was indicted by a jury. If anything, this shows that our justice system is still willing to go after the rich and powerful. Republicans could have even used this indictment to get rid of the Trump albatross hanging around their neck. But instead, they've committed themselves to a guy with 34 counts against him.
13: People better be careful. And that's all I'll say about that.
7: I'll see you on Friday for next week's recap, but in the meantime, I do hope you'll have some fun watching- So whether Trump is
15: arrested or surrenders in the upcoming weeks is its own story that will play out in its own way. What happens in the New York case or the Georgia case or the special counsel case will all come down to the quality of the argument and the evidence against the ex-president. Because, in accordance to United States law, Donald Trump is just like everybody else, who deserves a fair trial and the opportunity to defend himself. My problem right now is with the people in power who seem to think Trump isn't just like everybody else, that he somehow deserves special treatment, and because he was president or might be president again, that the law doesn't apply to him. The new Republican line is any criminal accountability for the former president is a disgusting abuse of power, and that the New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg, according to Senator Rand Paul, should be thrown in jail. I'm going to say that again a sitting U.S. senator is calling for a state attorney to be thrown in jail without trial or cause. By that same logic, does Rand Paul think that the private citizens on the grand jury, the people who actually determined there was probable cause to indict the ex-president, should also be thrown in jail? I mean, if we want to talk about disgusting abuses of power. I need to be really clear that this is very weird behavior. The New York DA is simply following through with the grand jury's decision. This is how our law works. It's by the book stuff. The only people not acting by the book right now are Republican operatives and GOP members of Congress, and that should alarm people. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy and three GOP House chairs, including the current head of the Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, sent a letter threatening the district attorney, demanding he hand over all documents and testimony related to the Trump case except a bunch of congressmen have no business interfering with an ongoing state investigation. They have no jurisdiction in New York or any right to the documents or testimony of anyone involved. This is members of the federal government using the resources of Congress to interfere with an ongoing criminal investigation at the state and local level. Jim Jordan is the chair of the Congressional Special Committee on the Weaponization of the Government. If Jim is looking for the government being used as a weapon, he might want to look in the mirror. Republicans are all over the media saying this is a political persecution. But as someone smarter than me said, Trump is not being persecuted, he's being prosecuted. These investigations aren't witch hunts. They were initiated by potential crimes based on actual evidence. If Trump can prove the evidence is faulty or the charges against him aren't justified, then let him do so in court just like any of us would have to. The Manhattan DA regularly indicts people for falsifying business records, so not charging Trump if he's committed the same crime would actually be the illegitimate action. But the Republicans seem to have decided that holding Trump to the same standard of everybody else is unacceptable. They don't even know the charges yet, but they know he's innocent. They've seen no evidence, heard no witnesses, but they're out here demanding impunity for the defendant while calling for the incarceration of the prosecutor. Again, this is incredibly weird stuff. This is the kind of behavior you see in authoritarian dictatorships. If that's not enough, the New York Times has reported that one of Trump's lawyers has personally asked Jim Jordan to investigate any coming prosecutions that might pertain to Trump. Elise Stefanik, second in line to Republican leadership, has said that she has personally spoken with Trump and filled him in on the steps that the committees were taking regarding future indictments. So what we have here is coordination between Trump's legal team and leading House Republicans. That is collaboration that is using the federal government to protect a potential criminal. Again, if you wanna talk about weaponization of the government, here it is. To be incredibly clear, it is illegal for the federal government to threaten, intimidate, or involve themselves in any way in a state's ongoing criminal investigation. These people know that, and yet they are out here dancing dangerously close to using the federal government to obstruct justice, and that should concern you deeply. To add insult to injury, Congressman Matt Gates just went on television to demand that Ron DeSantis step in to stop any sort of extradition of Trump from Florida. But that would be insane. Not just because DeSantis might want Trump out of the way for his own presidential aspirations, but because it would be way over the line for a sitting governor to obstruct the legal actions of a court in another state. Trump's not a political prisoner who needs protecting. He's a potential criminal
1: living- So, as you can expect, People storming houses, liberal shooter, Jason Chamley released because of the information that showed it was all bullshit. Every website, CB. My favorite was CNN with uh, he finally shows accountability. Then you go to the article and it's totally different. It's not not even what it is, but it was a front pager. ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, HuffPost, Politico, The Hill, Drudge, who's now a liberal, Media Matters, where Cat Abu comes from. Oh, they were just all into it. Nobody's covering that. That's off the pages now. There was a byline that they're going to um, have funerals, but it's off the page. We have moved on to other things, and here's all the media just—I saved late night for last— But, um, yeah, they are fucking happy. They got their indictment.
10: So I I will just, uh, my editorial comment is, it is a statement without dignity. Uh, The governor of Florida does not know the facts. So he cannot talk about questionable facts in this case he doesn't know them only the grand jury knows and this is a sealed indictment so he's making a statement about something he doesn't know the answer to and throwing out as you said andrew dog whistles you know historically this um meme this idea among uh the right that african americans that black folks who are uh, in positions Um, are controlled uh, by some Jewish overseer who's pulling their strings. That's what that statement reads like. And perhaps this governor should maybe read a history book to speak because he might not understand what he is channeling. But he is channeling an era in American history that is one of the most ugly, that he's probably not allowing to be taught in school. But that idea that this prosecutor, and by the way, it's not just this prosecutor, Andrew, I'll I'll let you go on this and let you have a final word on it. It was a, a grand jury that looked at facts, that looked at evidence. And this grand jury took a vote, which is part of our system. And so for the governor of one of our largest states and most important states to throw out a miasma of words that are meant to trigger, uh, the far right for his political ambitions that really do sound like that old meme that this black prosecutor must be under the secret control of this, you know, murky Jewish millionaire. That could be 1950, and it is, it is not dignified.
12: CNN breaking news.
5: We have major breaking news, indeed historic breaking news right now. CNN's Kara Scannell is in New York for us, covering this story. What are you learning, Kara? Well,
7: Wolf. We'll- Three sources tell me and my colleague John Miller that a Manhattan grand jury has indicted former President Donald Trump in connection with the hush money payment scheme. This indictment is under seal according to sources and the exact charges are not yet known at this time. But this investigation has been going on for a long time. The decision to move and seek and get an indictment of a former president is the first time that has been done in U.S. history. This could have a significant impact on the presidential campaign But as as I said, we do not know the exact charges yet. We expect those charges to be made public in the coming days. And at some point in the near future, former President Trump will have to come to this courthouse and be arraigned. Well,
11: They were not outraged by Trump's attempt to overturn a Democratic election. They were not outraged by the violence on January 6th. They were not outraged by an illegal phone call to the Georgia Secretary of State, an illegal phone call to Volodymyr Zelensky. They're not outraged by multiple credible uh, uh, accusations of sexual harassment, assault, and rape. They're not outraged by Trump's sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic rhetoric. They're not outraged by his white nationalism. They're not outraged by his defense of anti-Semitism and and neo-Nazis. They're not outraged by all that stuff. So with all due respect, no one should care that these
5: people are outraged by this indictment. Mm. Such an interesting point. But there's so much more to talk. Happening in the White House right now. I mean, it's not you know everyone gets the same news alerts. <laughs> Everyone's yes, drinking from the same true. water. Everyone understands what's going on, whether you're focused on like putting together the president's remarks tomorrow on electrification or not.
15: That's right. And the White House obviously didn't have any advance notice of this, Chris. So in the White House on a night like this, when this news broke, when the news alerts came out, there was probably a lot of people saying, holy cow, or something stronger that's not appropriate for an 8 p.m. show in the White House. And then what they are conveying to everybody in the cabinet, to senior members of the team, is Keep your head down and do not speak to this. They are going to be very quiet for as long as they can, in part because as a policy, they don't comment on ongoing criminal investigations, but also because they don't want to feed into the politics of this. And they know that. So their biggest challenge is almost going to be keeping everybody uh, as quiet as possible and keeping limited to a couple of sentences around how they're going to respond to this.
8: I don't think we should get too far ahead, ahead of ourselves because the, the charges have been sealed, right? The indictment is sealed. So right. we're hearing it's 30 counts. 30 counts of what? I mean, 30 counts of misdemeanors? Are we talking about a felony? What, what are we talking well, about? Michael here? Cohen, it happened in a federal court, correct? The difference is this is a state versus. It, and I think what's wonderful. In my opinion, as a former federal prosecutor, is that a president cannot pardon himself from state crimes. Oh, is that so? Why, if it was a federal crime, he could pardon himself? Yeah, and I think that he has a pocket pardon somewhere in some safe somewhere. He was going to get... He was going to surrender. He was going to get indicted last Tuesday. He got the day right. He just got the week wrong. But, But, but you know, it's happening next week. DeSantis said that he would, um, according to DeSantis, that he would fight New York... Extraditions requests from Florida, and and, what, and by saying that that is really important. I mean, a, it's, first of all, it's not legal. It's, it's not legal. I was I was exactly it's, symbol. symbolic. Like, it's symbolic. symbolic. Like, it's symbolic. Like, so you know nobody, that, but he said it, and I was shocked because I'm if you sure are you're true, still shocked. because I mean, if you're a true leader, Sunny, you stand up for what's right. So all of
10: the to the the seat. I have to stand up for what's right. We got to go to commercial. We'll be another question about your reporting yesterday, which is that is this was coming out. There were people who worked in the Trump Organization that were quietly cheering this, you said.
16: And, and by quietly, I'm sure they were loudly on their end of the phone, but were texting me. And were, there was there is a long trail of people who feel burned in one way or another by Donald Trump. We certainly saw that in the White House. This was a pattern that existed for decades before at the Trump Organization. And the number of people I heard from yesterday who worked for his company who were really happy. One person texted with the words, wonderful news. Really? I mean, that really sort of tells you something about where these folks' heads are.
10: Yeah, I was fascinated last night as, you know, Caitlin was on the air, I'm listening to her, I'm reading your reporting in real time on the Times about what's happening behind the scenes at Mar-a-Lago right now. Well, like
16: like we've said, they were, caught by surprise yeah. I think I think uh, some of Trump's advisors learned it from me and my colleagues um, that, that this was this was happening uh, I think they recalibrated quickly he's very angry it should not really surprise anybody I don't think that means that he's throwing staplers but I think he's you know he's He's really angry. Everything that you were seeing in his statement about how this is you know, a political persecution or a political prosecution, I, I think is something that he genuinely believes. And I expect that it is going to be said with greater degrees of intensity. There's so much, I just wanna stress, we expect to, or it's likely that he's going to surrender on Tuesday. They're still working out how that's going to look. You know, this is not an ordinary defendant. He comes with a phalanx of Secret Service. Uh, this is going to require multi-agency protection. He's not just any other defendant in reality. And so because of that, what the lead-up will look like, I
1: think, is really also... And concert. they're so coordinating. Uh, you, listen, Thank you, uh, TJ. Uh, if, okay? if there's a side, sort of a cutaway <laughs> shot of yeah. I me mean, that, uh, that, that, that makes basket. me look that crazy, yeah. can, you can just please stay off of that one. We call it the neck fat camera. <laughs>
16: <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm still, still cool. Cool. if you yeah.
11: don't love your kids and yeah. sometimes deservedly. She,
5: so oh, I mean yeah.
11: it's what they wanted us to see. They edited that and they put it out. Right. <laughs> like that is what he wanted us to It wasn't was like, the best.
1: That's the edited part. So and you know people are around him going, he goes, How was it? Good boss. <laughs> good. I know we <laughs> like to people? I know we God. like to play this first of all like this, just the thing of I mean, if I'm if I'm Ivanka. Tiffany. No, no, no. are cut out. No, no. Talk, they talk about the Well, like okay, okay. Personal. Let's talk about the kids. Talk, talk about this isn't about kids. This, this is, isn't no, about, no, kids. No, this no, is about, like, okay.
4: what's in his head. Well,. I mean, but, but, hey, but, but let's talk about him. About, and Pauline, he's got a new like, Paul that, right. That's Pauline, new. That that might just, have been an ad lib. That knows? could have been an ad lib. Maybe he didn't but, but even know. But Jen's right. We can laugh around the table, and that was laughable. They're all laughable. He's only getting stronger. He's people wishing him away. Yeah. He's not going away. He's well, not going away. He's getting indicted four times, and he's not going away. Will he support in like, the Republican Party is so strong. Ron DeSantis, as we've been saying for a long time. Is an idea. He's the alternative, the potential alternative for some people who hope and wish that Trump would go away. He's not even a candidate yet. It's Donald Trump's to lose, and there's nothing that we see in any data or anything we know about the party or Donald Trump that says it's going to change.
10: Time. It's not going to be weeks or months, um, especially in this case where it will be a, most likely arranged for him to self-surrender, in which case there would be a pre-arranged date that he would come to court.
13: Trump has already started using the indictment to raise money for his presidential campaign and had recently said
10: that there would be potential death and destruction if this happened. Just because the grand jury is indicted does not mean that someone has been found guilty. And so Mr. Trump, like any other defendant, is entitled to that presumption of innocence. And so that remains with him right now and throughout a trial if that happens, unless and until the jurors vote and find him guilty. And that's after a trial, so a very different burden.
1: To the papers, because there's a lot of, I mean, laughing his neck fat. This is just, it shows everything about our media. This is a front page. There was no front page like this for anything else this week. WAPO, Los Angeles Times, USA Today. Then there was the late night.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, today I am feeling
4: a little extra American. One reason today is baseball's opening day. Here in New York, here in New York, it was, here in New York it was 40 degrees, but I still ate ice cream out of a baseball helmet. Why? Oh, just a little something worth celebrating today because literally, Three minutes before I walked out on the stage here, the New York Times reported a New York grand jury voted to indict former President Donald J. Trump.
1: Well,
12: guys, it finally happened. A New York grand jury has voted to indict former President Trump for his role in a hush money payment made to Stormy Daniels. When she heard Stormy Denny was like, oh, so this is what it feels like to be satisfied.
2: I haven't heard Joe say, thank you, President Trump, for
5: the great job you did. Perhaps I'm just not listening. Now NATO's
3: stuffed (laughs) up with cash. Thank you very much, President Trump. Shut the up! (laughs) Thank you very much.
5: right. Lady Justice grabbed Trump by the pussy.
1: Yeah, they're garbage people. I mean, you could never do it to their people. And that's the thing that's I think, you know, we're going to cover this in depth in future podcasts, but they're bending the law once again. To stop Trump. I don't understand. First and foremost, I don't understand you can hate somebody this bad. I didn't like Biden. I didn't, or I don't like Obama. Couldn't stand Hillary. Can't stand Biden, but it's not an overflowing thing that I'm just so filled with rage. These people hate. And I think of the overriding, because this is my closing argument, they just hate everybody that doesn't think like them. The shooter killed those Christians because they hate Christians. Everything's about hate. And I think what scares me the most is this quote by Andrew Breitbart. all the people
5: that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said you're going to call us racist you're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's fuck you war
1: it- is completely a war. And I don't mean a violent war. But I don't think we understand the depth of depravity that liberals will go to. You go back to Obama where they started regulating woke. seeding woke everywhere. We are now in a country where five million and counting illegals have come and they want to give them driver's license and voting rights. We're now in a country that during a lockdown, they persecuted Christians and red staters. Every media source and every Democrat said we were the reason why COVID pandemic was happening while they let strip clubs and drag story hours go on. Churches closed, gyms closed, strip clubs open, gay facilities open. We're in a country now where they cooked an election and changed 80 voting lodges, fundamentally changed how we vote as a nation. And a guy in his basement got 81 million votes. These were the people that wiretapped a president, fired Flynn, ruined people's lives, all overturned, lied about Russia, impeached him under two stupid things, started their own laws for illegals and abortion, and now when states do anti-trans, as they say, or really they just pull back, the things you were doing that nobody knew about but you locked everybody in your house and your union that ran the schools wouldn't let kids go to school so parents started seeing stuff they labeled the parents domestic terrorists and sucked the fbi on them they labeled pro-life people and sick the fbi they sick the irs on journalists that do things wrong obama wiretapped james rosen and then in a week sorry I got something in the wrong pipe I was chugging water in a week where a shooter kills Christian kids and they worry more about pronouns and then instantly start attacking that it's the anti-trans bills that are protecting kids not hurting kids because there is no such thing as fucking life-affirming care. They just made that shit up. They don't even cover the shooting. They go after guns and they blame those laws that the domestic terrorist parents wanted. Then they let their thugs have a day of vengeance. They censor anybody posting that. They don't even cover that their hooligans took over state houses... Everything is being proved true about J6 because the main shaman dude that was supposed to get 40 months gets released because his charges were bullshit now <clears throat> and judges had to release him because he was escorted so he couldn't have been a leader and he couldn't have done anything that they charged him with. And a DA that started his tenure and his campaign saying, I will prosecute Trump on a statute of limitation, extended charge that's a misdemeanor being twisted to a fucking felony to A, get all the bad news out and not have the cons with the advantage, and most likely in cahoots with the Biden administration to incite violence on the right, some kind of protest, something, because J6 isn't working. They've drugged J6 for four or fucking two years. It's not about Trump. Fuck Trump, I can't stand Trump. But if they'll do all of this to stop a person running for office, It isn't about Trump. They'll do it for DeSantis. They'll do it for any Republican. They are now showing that they're gonna do whatever they can to retain power. They're gonna take your guns. They're gonna restrict the way we live. They're gonna ban gas engines. They're gonna punish you for electrical use. They're taking away gas stoves, they're going after washing machines, they're going after everything we use in our life that they use, but they don't want you to use it. And 100% of you live in a state like I do, they have fully shown they don't give a fuck about you, your religion, your life. They fucking hate you. This is a war everything that man said ages ago before he died it's worse now. Social media the entire media complex now is so woke. We the voters have to go back and relook at what we're doing. And what I mean by that is I'm Jason Whitlock. If Trump is the nominee, even if he's found guilty and he's the POTUS candidate, I don't fucking care. It's no longer about GOP. It's no longer if I like GOP, I don't. We have no choice but to vote Republican and get these people out. We have no choice but to get people in Washington to get rid of everybody running the FBI, the NSA, HHS, Homeland Security, fucking all our fucking schools. We have to fix this because if these people keep getting Power, and we just let the lackeys that we have up there like McConnell who don't ever fight for us because he's just part of the uniparty all those fucking people screaming on your social media and we think of as far right everything they say will come true We are moving towards a one party state. We already have state media and the last vestige of freedom of speech is being stomped out everywhere by an ideology LGBT EIO, CRT, and Wokism. Every corporation is part of it. Every corporation, every fucking media network, including Fox, is part of this indictment. They want this indictment. And if you take Trump out of it. <clears throat> He's a piece of shit, but he's an outsider. And that's what we need. We have to get somebody that's not part of the uniparty to start pulling back the fascist tendencies that are being displayed by our federal government towards us. And understand unequivocally, I'm not speaking riots, riots, taken back get your gun i'm not saying any of those things violence is not the answer the answer is voting jason whitlock said it, i don't vote so many people don't vote because they have principles and i totally fucking understand i have voted against Marsha blackburn for fucking three cycles she's a piece of shit but she's a republican And from now on, when I go in the booth, it'll be red for dog catcher. They're garbage. But they're not fascists. And by now, if you can't see, Trump's not the fascist. The left is the fascist. You need to clean out your fucking headgear, man. These people are preaching nothing but fascism. What you can say, what you can think, what you can drive, what you can eat, what you can own, why you don't need to own things. And every one of their ideologies that are all made to make little, little activists in our schools is straight up fascist. Because you must embrace I said it a million times. I don't give a fuck if you want to be a unicorn and you want to fuck penguins. It's none of my goddamn business. But if we as Americans don't start putting barriers on our kids and stand our ground and not back down to this, oh, it's fascist or it's anti this or whatever, we're fucked. We're fucked. If we continue down this road of allowing them to ingest this stuff into our kids we will lose all our civil liberties because every one of these clowns that puts a D behind their name, every Vote Vets, Media Matters, PPFA, all these fucking paid-for freaking influencers, all of them, they're all part of this New ideology. It's not progressive. It's not Marxist. They talk, sorry, I'm cold. They talk about Nazi Germany and Hitler and everything, but if you look at them, what are they? They're one gigantic fucking cult lockstep on everything talking points tight i mean it's instantaneously on every subject it just comes out it's crazy and as they add new talking points it's everywhere it's every tv station it's every fucking tv show it's every fucking movie it's every paper it's every magazine it's every company I mean, we didn't pay attention when every company started talking about green shit and all us normals like, I don't give a fuck. I just want my product to be what it used to be. Simple fucking thing. And I'll start wrapping up. I know I'm, I'm on a tangent, but... Lever 2000. And this is a silly analogy, but wait, just bear with me. Lever 2000 was my soap. It was the best soap ever. It lathered great. It was a great bar. The shape of it was perfect. And I used it forever. We couldn't afford it, but I still got my Lever 2000. I didn't use shampoo, so the wife didn't care. My, my, My bath products were pit stick, whatever Christmas cologne I had, whatever toothpaste she gave me, crappy razors, and half the time, I didn't use shaving cream. I just shaved in the shower, and that's how I rolled. So I was low, low speed, not a lot of money. She didn't care. Well, all of a sudden, Lever 2000 changed the package and everything. And I got this bar, and it was fucking horrible. It didn't lather, it didn't feel the same. You couldn't get it to do anything. It, w- it was just, it left a film, it didn't leave suds. And I remember writing an article or a letter to them, and they came back, well, we we decided to be with all our blah, 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 and this is better for the environment. So they completely changed their soap. And I just was offended that they didn't give a fuck what I said, so I just never I went back to Irish Springs or Zests. It's close enough. But I didn't get it. It was so long ago, I just didn't get it. This trans shit, I didn't get it. I read it, I joked with the Arizona subject oh so long ago and I made fun of the pronouns and I, 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 I say it all the time, I play crazy music in here, it was news and social media nuggets, it was just crazy shit and I mocked it and I did the gay shit and I had, we gotta eat the babies and it was just all fun, I love that part of the show. Seven years later, that's policy. It's dogma. You must believe it. We, we gotta fix this. We don't lose elections because we have bad candidates and there's more people voting for the other guy. We lose election because not everybody votes. I'm going to keep playing the Jason Whitlock a million fucking times for anybody that's out there that's on the fence. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't care if they're not a Christian. I don't care if they're not 2A. I don't fucking care about any of that shit. They just have to have a fucking R because we, we're we losing our country because we don't vote party line and just look for the R. The Dems have already got everybody lockstep. If you're not for abortion until kindergarten, you don't get funding. So there's no pro-life. There's no, hey, this trans shit's going too far. Maybe mansion and cinema. But everybody else, if they came up with every child must change sex, everyone with a D every media person and every corporation, TV show and movie, would preach that dogma. It's a cult. And the only way to deal with the cult is to fight back by voting the cult out. We need more non-cultists in Washington. We need non-cultist presidents and non-cultist media like Daily Wire that I pay my money every year and they don't need it, but they're the only one out there doing something. Making other entertainment. Making stuff for normals. We need to turn off the TV. Turn off the channels. Don't watch the shows. If you look at it, it's starting in some ways. There's a lot of shows come out and one season they're gone because nobody, buy, nobody buys that shit and they don't watch it. And that's what we need to do. We have to be 100% lockstep like they are. And it starts with, it doesn't fucking matter. Vote the closest you can, because principle got us Trump. And then principle got us Biden. And if you're in a state and it's all mandatory mail-in, Hand-carry your shit and drop it off. Vote early, in person, like I have done for the last three. We, we got to figure out this. The non-progressive bloc of this country is way more than the progs. They just win because they have no standards. They just need a D. We have to be the same. More on that future. I'll stop preaching because I'm preaching to a choir that already gets it. But this shit's scary. It ain't about Trump. It's about the country now. So, this wraps up another episode of Flower Politic Podcast. Share with the family and friends. Go to SoundCloud Flyover Politic with a K, Rumble 482467, and FOPPodcast at gmail.com. We'll go with the next show on Monday. I promise going forward, less slides, so it's not a clusterfuck. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeahs. As always, thanks for listening. Take care.